It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in again. It's very cool to have you out there listening. I know I say that a lot, but it really is. You know, I create this podcast for you guys. And the fact that you tune in and you listen to these these awesome stories that our interviewees come and share with us, it's it's brilliant. And it really does keep me going, keep me, you know, finding good people to interview for you and trying to ask them the best possible questions. Well, last week, you may remember, last episode, I said hello and thanks to my listeners in the UAE. That's the United Arab Emirates for helping us to rank super high in the Apple podcast charts. Well, I have to do it again this week. Um, Not to the UAE this time, but this time I need to say hello and thank you to those of you listening in Finland, because we just hit the top six marketing podcast in Finland position on Apple Podcasts. So yeah, top six marketing podcast, this little show about e-commerce, number six marketing podcast in Finland. So thank you very, very much for that. Those of you listening in Finland, it's greatly appreciated. We are e-commerce master plan and we are slowly taking over the e-commerce and marketing world. So uh, so thanks. And I hope this episode keeps you all listening. In today's episode, I'm talking to the owner and founder of a smaller e-commerce business who's created her own brand in a really powerful niche. And we're going to be talking about how she's been leveraging her products, uh, a wholesale business, and also Instagram, including a really straightforward process to doing your first influencer or micro-influencer campaigns. There's a lot to learn here, whatever your size of e-commerce business. So I hope you're going to enjoy it. But for now, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform used by more than 30,000 e-commerce brands globally. In uncertain times, supporting your community and fostering relationships by being open and empathic is a strategy that will be appreciated and remembered far beyond today. One of the best channels to deliver these communications through is, and always will be, email. Email marketing is one of Klaviyo's foundational offerings, and when you leverage personalization driven by customer insight, you will create memorable marketing moments that cultivate lifelong relationships. Klaviyo truly understands how challenging it is for each and every business right now. Klaviyo is here to help brands communicate, engage, and foster relationships now and when all of this is just a distant memory. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. That includes being able to schedule package pickups and track shipments from departure to arrival. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes. And now to introduce today's special guest. Shannon Fitzsimmons is the founder at Oh So Curly, an online store selling tools and accessories for curly hair. 
Shannon started the business in 2015 and is now getting over 100 orders per month. Hello, Shannon. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Well, I'm excited to be chatting with you um, because I, I know we're going to be talking about some awesome topics very, very soon. But before we get into that, how did you get involved in e-commerce? So I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, funny story is back in primary school, I was like the only person that had a printer and uh, internet at home. So <laughs> lyrics were a big thing at the time. And I used to print off people's requests of song lyrics and sell them to people <laughs> like 10 <10p. laughs> Nice, I like it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of continued to high school. I used to hire out my iPod as well at the time. Um, so it's always been kind of in me, but it really began to start out of frustration. Um, I, of course, have curly hair myself and grown up in the UK. It's always been a struggle to find products and tools that really benefit the health of natural kind of afro and curly hair. So I resulted to chemically relaxing my hair, which is basically when you straighten it permanently but it really does damage the health, the health of the hair in the long term. So um, after that had happened, I wanted to get it back to health. So I, of course, did my research and found there was a huge community in the US for curlies, and they would just basically share their tips online through YouTube and blogs. But I found that there wasn't many people in the UK doing that, and it kind of sparked something again in me. So I decided to share my journey. Um, and I was also at the time working night shifts at Tesco, just like a supermarket here. And um, I'd always go past the hair accessories shelf and see that there was really nothing for those with Afro or curly hair. And I just thought there's so many great tools, obviously, which is what I was learning from the Americans online. That I think would just be great for us to have access to. So that's pretty much what sparked the idea of starting the business and now I've got my own accessories line. I love it. So it, so did it start off as kind of like a blog and then as that grew you were like actually no one else is bringing these products sort it I've got to do it myself. Yeah so I started my blog UK Curly Girl and then the idea for Oh So Curly came into mind so it kind of ran together and then I've separated them in, in a sense. And why did you decide to separate them? Um, I just felt like I see Oh So Curly as like a tangle teaser or a Denman brush. And I don't know, I just wanted it to be like a standalone brand instead of, you know, me behind it. It's one of those difficult things, isn't it, to decide how to name things and how to divide up different parts of your business and work out what gets what and it's it's I find it's so often a um, a bit of a gut decision because you can analyze it forever but the right answer is never there in the numbers so you have to just kind of go actually I think these need to be two separate things that's how it makes sense to me yeah exactly and it is to me because a lot of people have said well why don't you merge the two but there's just something in me that you know went for that decision and are you still keeping the blog going now yeah yeah I still run the blog as well Oh, cool. So you get all that interaction with the consumer via the blog and the latest learnings to keep the blog going. And then you're you're kind of taking that knowledge and feeding into making a better e-commerce business. Yes, 100%. Very cool. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the e-commerce business and get the key facts outlined for everyone. Where are you in the world and where are you selling to? Yeah, so I'm in London, UK. And majority of my customers are from, it's pretty much half and half UK, US. 
But recently I have had a surge in Europe customers. So we've got like Germany and Netherlands is quite a big audience. That must be quite cool selling a lot of products back to the US when kind of how the US market operates was the inspiration for starting in the first place. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like it is probably because they have a much bigger, you know, curly hair niche over there. But it's it's nice to see that I can provide that for them too. Very cool. And um, you've always created your own products, haven't you? So you just want to tell us about what the product range currently looks like. Yeah, definitely. So we have the bestseller is the reversible satin pillowcase, which is something that I invented myself because it's a bit different to your typical pillowcase. It has elastic around the rim. So you pretty much stretch it around your pillow. So it just stays in place. It's not slippery. And the satin that I actually source is very much softer to your typical satin as well, which has caused me many problems, but it is an advantage. And we also have satin bonnets as well, which are like hats that you wear when you sleep. Um, We've got spray bottles, shampoo brushes and scrunchies as well. Very cool. Um, And the platform you're selling on, are you a Shopify, Magento or something else? I am Shopify and I love it, but I wasn't always Shopify. I did start with Big Cartel in the beginning and then Squarespace. And I discovered Shopify the end of last year. And I don't know why I haven't used it since the beginning, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think I've even heard of Big Cartel. So well done on finding that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. it's quite a few years ago. It was a free one. So I think I just opted for that in the beginning. Which is a great way to get going and, and try out the concept, isn't it? And then and then I always think, think the other thing is if you're using, as the more platforms you use, the more you understand what's crucial to your business and what functionality you really need. So it's it can be quite good to try a couple of platforms before you settle on one. Yeah, definitely. And are there any um, key widgets or plugins you're using on your Shopify site you'd like to let everyone know about? Yeah, definitely. So I found that um, for me, reviews have been amazing. Um, I use a plugin called Judge Me and that one's great because it's automated on the back end. It will send an email out to the customer whenever you would like it to and it will just prompt them to leave a review. Um, Another one is Disco which is really good for when you've got a sale, it will leave like a countdown timer at the bottom just to kind of influence people to buy as well. I love a countdown timer. Mm. Um, It it amazes me how few people use them, but they are so powerful for getting people to act, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. And um, super, once you've, but the challenge is always finding something that can actually facilitate it. Once you've got it, it becomes a little bit addictive, I find as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, let's put a countdown timer on this and on this and on that. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, overkill, never a good idea. Um, And you said reviews are a big key to the business. Is that simply to get them onto the website or are you using them in other places once you've obtained them? Yeah, so I I take a bit of the copy from the review and I'll post it on the Instagram page as well, um, which I think has been very helpful. But again, I think it just builds trust on the website when you see a lot of reviews and I've been quite lucky that majority are really positive as well. It always surprises me how few people use their reviews in, in other places because they, you know, at the end of the day, the, what the customers really want is they want to know that the products work for other people rather than 
that you say the products are great. So to be able to just put a review out there, and I guess you, you know, you're graphicing that up, are you, for your Instagram? Yeah, so I've got like a template that I put together using Canva, and then I'll just copy and paste the review into that. Yeah, so it takes like less than 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is just kind of like, yes, guys, it's that easy <laughs> if you've got the right tool set up. And is it still just you in the business at the moment, Shannon? Yeah, so it's just me on the daily operations, but I did just hire a VA, um, which has been really, really helpful. She basically just helps me with the emails, customer service, and a bit of the um, back end of things like dealing with, because I've had a lot of retailers on board at the moment. So she's helping me with that. Nice. And how did you find your VA? Um, I put a message out on my Instagram story and luckily someone just recommended her and she's really, really good. Oh, nice. So so using the power of Instagram, not just to drive sales, but also to find the right people for your team. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned there that you are um, selling to some retailers as well now. You're wholesaling a bit. How did that come about? I think I actually, because it's been a while now, I started off with the smaller niche hair stores, like physical ones within my area. I'm in like the southwest London area. So I approached a market which was near my old workplace in Tootin Broadway. And I just kind of bought the products to her and asked if she would be interested in selling them. Um, She was really happy too and things went well. And then I kind of just put pen to paper and began brainstorming where else I could and then eventually a lot of online retailers began to come to us and I think that was just the power of social media and a lot of bloggers organically posting the products too so that really helped. I think a lot of people would who were kind of building an e-commerce site of their own would be a bit nervous about letting other online retailers sell their product too so how did you how do you go about deciding who to do that with and how do you go about keeping the relationship strong with them I think it's it's different within my niche because the curly hair niche is, is it's like such a strong community but quite small as well and where we find it all more difficult to find the perfect products for curly hair the retailers that we do have that are online are very popular because they're very far and few um keeping relationships up with them having the VA there has been crucial because I've got so much to focus on every day it is hard to keep up relations so I think having someone to help on that side of things has been it's been great I guess as you're saying you know there's there's only a handful of stores that do great things in in the in the sector that you're aiming for it made it quite a no-brainer decision where you'd be willing to have the product listed and where you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I wouldn't have gone to maybe like a, a retailer that sells both hair products and fashion in a way. I think it would probably get lost in lost in the source. And I guess that's also one of the benefits of it being your own products that you've developed is that even if you're getting the sale via the wholesaler, someone's getting to know the, know your brand and they're getting to getting the experience too. Yeah, definitely. For example, we just had a retailer in um, Spain and I've never really had Spanish um, bloggers or customers involved in the brand and now they're all posting online and and, yeah, that's been great. Without you having to uh, translate a thing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although I do find it hard myself to understand what they're saying, which is a bit of a disadvantage, but you know, it's, it's good to see. 
Lots of copying and pasting into Google Translate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and hoping it can understand what's being said. Yeah, and praying yeah. it's positive as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is amazing how much foreign words can look negative, even when they aren't sometimes. You go, oh my God, that combination of letters, it's got to be bad. Oh no, no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, we keep coming back to the social media and the bloggers and the influencers and the Instagram side of things. Has that been a key way for you to grow the business? Yeah, for me, that's been the main way throughout the whole process. Um, I started the Instagram page just as an inspirational page, just posting images of girls with curls and nice hair. And it, and that started to grow organically just from people wanting to see different curly hairstyles and stuff. And then I slowly introduced the product into things. And I think having that smaller following in the beginning really helped when I introduced the products because it's not like I just started off with buy this, buy this. You'd already put out there what you were all about. Yeah, yeah. And do you spend a lot of time um, recruiting followers or do you rely on your content to bring you the followers? I think I, I rely on my content, really. Um, I post that, I post daily at least once a day and I make sure that I'm always consistent. And along, it, I'm quite lucky that I have my own page, UK Curly Girl, as well, which has a larger following. So here and there, I'll direct them to go to the Oh So Curly page too. So you, you you trade between the blog and the e-commerce accounts, basically, a, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. For the past year, I have. I got out of that fear of wanting to, you know, self-promote and it, it's worked well. So, yeah. <laughs> it's that moment where you realise you've promoted someone else's product five times and haven't promoted your own. It's like, yeah, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's something I'm still learning. It it feels more natural to promote someone else's product instead of my own. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we all have that at times. And, and what do you think has been the key thing to get your following to? Because you're, you're at ten over 10,000 now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I think just maybe 11,000 at the minute. And is, is the key thing been the consistency of posting great content on brand every week? I'd say a mixture of that and also collaborating with influencers as well that's really helped and is that um, when you collaborate with the influencers is your main aim to get sales or is it to get um, visibility it was definitely in the beginning just visibility um I was I was lucky enough when I started the niche wasn't too saturated so I was able to just gift a lot of bloggers the products and as they used it over time they would rave about it um now I think I'm, I'm focused on trying to get more sales through influencer marketing so say um for example at the moment I'm trying to do like an influencer campaign so that's like actually paying the influencers and putting the brief together and making sure everything's you know um signed off and they'll post at a certain time um so yeah now it's more focused on sales before it was just to get the the brand out there it's easy to underestimate the amount of work it actually takes to do an influencer campaign isn't it because I think the popular view in the media is you give someone a wadge of cash and we're hey all the money falls from the sky (laughs) it's like (laughs) actually there's a shed load of work to do so what's been your process of of building that campaign if you're happy to share yeah no definitely I think I've kind of learned from past mistakes just um and I get it as well which is interesting because I'm a blogger myself I get both sides of 
the business but um I think a lot of the time when you do gift bloggers they can take a long time to even post and you may find to all the business owners out there do not get offended it can just be a lot of work um to even put a post together so um I understand that side of it but for this influencer campaign I've I've done a lot of work so I put together like a spreadsheet and kind of evaluated everyone's engagement I'm really looking into more micro influencers than ones of a larger following at the moment um I'd put together like a brief uh, email just reaching out to the blogger and asking if they'd be interested in working and then just getting their responses through and getting their pricing as well and then just deciding who would be best to invest in and what the return would be so it's a lot to think about because it, it is a bit of a risk when you're actually paying someone and it's like what if I don't get sales in return so you've got to kind of weigh up you know everything yeah, and it's. I like the point you make about you know when you're just give, gifting people things, it can take a long time for it to come through. Whereas when you're actually getting involved in proper in inverted commas um, influencer marketing, then you you're in control and you're able to say it's going to happen here. So you know you're going to get that return on investment that bit quicker. Um, which I think think is something people often miss out on is the fact. Well, actually, if you want the control and you want the sales now, then you do have to invest a bit, both in terms of time and working with the right person, and in terms of cold hard cash. So your your process was that you you went out and you looked at and you found Instagram accounts and then did some analysis on them of how powerful they were. Not just oh, we've got twenty thousand followers, but do people actually interact? Yeah, yeah, because you can get. Um, a blogger that has a large following and then you get really nothing from it because they're so used to them posting brands all the time they don't you kind of lose trust in the blogger whereas the niche smaller bloggers they've got such a strong community that will really listen and believe in everything that they post so it's good to aim for those kind of influencers and then how many do you reckon you've contacted compared to the number you'll actually be working with um, so I, I'd say maybe a list of about 50. Um, and I've probably, I've contacted them all, but then I guess it's the pricing, whether it's within budget. And then I've, I've chosen about five that I want to do within one month and see how it goes from there. Nice. I think that, that may have come as a bit of a shock to some people out there that you contacted 50 people in order to find five to work with. Yes, everyone, this is not a quick and easy thing to do. No, not at all. Yeah. But it has to be done as well because you can't just, it, it kind of is, I was thinking the other day, it's like betting. You are kind of like just betting on someone because you really don't know what the return is. That's why it's important to really try and analyse and um, get a good rapport with them also. Well, that, that's the thing as well. I like that you said that, you know, your first email was, would you like to work together? Not, I'm doing this big campaign. I want you to do this and I'm willing to pay that. Not that dictative method that a lot of people, the dictatorial even method that a lot of people use, but, but let's approach this as partners because, you know, I think that's one thing which sometimes gets missed off is the fact actually you want it to work for both of you because if you build a relationship with someone and you know that every time they post, they're going to drive you X number of orders then you want to be working with them for a couple of years. Yeah. And I've found those kind of relationships the best ones because eventually they will just post organically because they want to post and they enjoy the product and they love your brand. And so much more fun to work with as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so much easier and more fun to work with if you get it right. But it does require all that analysis up front to work out who who looks right, feels right, and has the numbers that stack it up. Yeah. And to find those numbers, were you literally going into their Instagram accounts and looking at results? Or have you found a nice tool that can grab that for you? Yeah, so I was looking at results, but there is also a good um tool within Instagram. So if you actually click um on a account and then there should be like a little arrow next to message and then it will say suggested for you and you can just swipe through and it will have a list of related accounts to that one blogger um which is quite good because then you can discover other bloggers within say the country that they're in or the kind of brands that they post will probably be similar um to the other bloggers under them well, yeah, that's, that's brilliant, isn't it? Because like the tool which you're using to try and find people who are the right fit for your brand is telling you other people who have a similar fit. So yeah, yeah, nice. And anything, any tips on um, gathering the numbers? I just use Google Sheets and kind of just created my own little table. Nice. Yeah. Nice and simple. Very. Basic. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's sometimes it, it's. Sometimes it's nice to go to the raw data, you know, to literally log into to Instagram and go, right, what happened on their last five posts? Yeah, yeah. And get that side of it because then you really do get to grips with the nuts and bolts of what's happening. Whereas using a tool that starts aggregating it for you, you can lose a little bit of the finer finesse, I think. Yeah, definitely. And um, how have you found negotiating with those influencers? Has that been a fairly straightforward process or or a challenging one? Um, fairly straightforward, but what I will say is um, if you find that a blogger is charging way over your budget, a good way to negotiate is to actually offer them a code so that every time someone uses their code, they get a percentage. So like they become an affiliate and um, that kind of helps bring their price down sometimes. Nice. And I, I like the fact it's literally, I mean, I know with Instagram, you have problems with link tracking and all the rest of it, but to give someone a code to give out, it's such a low tech thing. It doesn't require them having to remember to use the correct link or to sign up for anything. It's re- There's no barriers. It's not like they're going to go, oh God, I've got to set up a link and I've got to do an account and all this. It's like, no, say the code, <laughs> write yeah. the code. <laughs> And it's going to work. So yeah, because then, then of course you're you're only paying, or you, you know, you may be paying them a flat fee to start off with, but then the rest of the payment is based on performance, which is at the end of the day what both of you want. Yeah, exactly. And it's good as also for you because you can. That's really the best way for you to measure up their engagement. Really, if you see that their code's being used a lot, then that's definitely a keeper. <laughs> definitely carry on a relationship with them. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. How are the leading D2C brands growing their businesses? They're using Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by over 30,000 global innovative online brands. Klaviyo believes in supporting growth, which is why they won't tie you into lengthy contracts, hidden setup or support fees or feature based pricing. With a platform that's both powerful and easy to use, it's no surprise so many brands have switched to Klaviyo. Looking for one more compelling reason? Brands switching to Klaviyo see an average of 62 times ROI on their investment. Ready to learn more? 
visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes, you can simply print postage stamps and shipping labels, even when working remotely. For as low as $4.99 a month, you'll get access to special discounts and save up to 40% off USPS Priority Mail. Plus, for being an e-commerce master plan listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free £10 scale to ensure that you never overpay. So you can calculate the exact postage online, print from your PC and avoid trips to the post office. Go to pb.com forward slash masterplan to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free £10 scale to get started. That's pb.com slash m-a-s-t-e-r-p-l-a-n to experience savings in your shipping costs with a free trial of SEMPRO Online from Pitney Bowes. It's time for the Top Tips Round. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Now, Shannon, you've just given us a little bit of a masterclass in Instagram and getting our influencers. So are you ready to share a few more top tips with the audience? Yes. That's good. Excellent. I'm glad you said that because otherwise the next bit was going to be awful. Um, <laughs> okay. The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off to read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I've been waiting for this section. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I have found the book Profit First to be life-changing. That book completely transformed the way that I manage my finances with my business. And I I just think it's, yeah, it's life-changing. I'm going to completely second that. I, I, I think I think I read it maybe two or three years ago after being in business for what, 10 years. It is just radical. It's like, oh, once you adopt that method, everything, the world just becomes a better place. Honestly, it just makes everything so much easier. Yeah. And it's so simple too. Yeah. 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 Love profit first. Okay, Shannon, next up then, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Um, so obviously we've mentioned Instagram. That's definitely my favorite. Um, but another one I'd like to mention is Pinterest. I have found that a lot of my sales come from Pinterest as well, which I I hardly ever post on. But there's been one video that I did post on Pinterest and it it went viral and it still does to this day get views. And I posted it like last year. But I think there's a big community on Pinterest that actually buy through pins. And I don't think a lot of people actually know that. No, and I think it's it doesn't get talked about a lot, Pinterest. And it's a special tool of all of its own I think but but yeah people are they are kind of prepping to shop whenever they're on there which yeah good good mention thank you for that one um the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day yeah definitely I've just been introduced to it from my virtual assistant but it's a tool called capsule crm and it's free. It's like a platform where you can add all of your contacts that you message on email into this one place. Even say you've got, for me, I have retailers that I work with. It puts everyone in this one place. So everything's so much easier to manage. Whereas before I was writing down, message this person, email that person, everything goes into this one website and it will give you reminders. And there's just, it just, clears your brain so that's been an amazing tool 
And you're using that exclusively for the wholesalers, not for your e-commerce customers. So it's a separate tool. Yeah, you can include, I do include customers that we may have an, uh, like they've got an issue with a product or they are trying to track down a delivery. So it's kind of become a bit of a customer service tool too then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice. Okay. And uh, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, So that's something that I'm trying to work on myself. So (laughs) I would definitely say, I I think what's been working for me is definitely influencers. So I guess it's building on that and doing like a, a whole campaign, relevant bloggers, paying bloggers, and also video. I think is really important to have video content on social media too. Excellent. I love it. Shannon, thank you. You've given us so much good advice today and hopefully we've inspired a few more people to go off and actually run a proper influencer marketing campaign and get their data in, in a row and get their communications right. So um, so thank you very much for that. Before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know um, where they can find your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, definitely. So you can find Oso oh Curly on Instagram at Oso oh Curly, and that's O S O C U R L Y. And then our store is www.osocurly.com. And um, if you're interested in my personal Instagram, that's also UK Curly Girl. Cool. And I believe for all our curly haired listeners out there who are eager to give your your pillow covers and all the rest of it a go, I believe you've got a code for them. Yes. So the code is master plan and you'll get 20% off your order. Very generous. Thank you very much. And Janet, like I said, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's always nice to catch up with an actual listener and um, one who can share so much. So thank you. And thank you for having me. I've loved it. Thank you. Okay, so there you go. The early stages, getting those products right, getting the content right and focusing on Instagram as a method for growth. Lots of tips from Shannon on that, plus that step-by-step process of getting your influencer marketing working properly in terms of looking at what the followings are, what the sort of things that people are posting, um, looking at the engagement levels. And you're going to look, you know, Shannon said there were 50 people she contacted, 50 influencers she got in contact with to see if they wanted to work with her. And you just think about how many accounts she's analyzed in order to get down to that 50 to email. And that 50 to email drills down to five that she's going to be working with in the next month or so in order to to see how well they can drive sales. Some great tips in there and a great process to give you an idea of how to approach, approach it. I often find if I know how to approach it, it's a lot easier to make it happen. If you want to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links, and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And as you'll realize during the during the interview, Shannon is on the show because she's a fan of the show and she filled in the application to be a guest. So if you'd like to follow uh, Shannon's footsteps and join me on the show, then just head to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And rather than clicking on the link to this episode, click on the link to become a guest, fill in the short form, and you never know, I might be getting in contact with you. You may be here recording with me. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.